0: Welcome to Power Fuel Living. I'm your host, Lisa Hooks, and I'm excited about today's show because today we're talking about hope, hope after adultery. Stay tuned. Powerful living. Powerful living. Welcome to today's show. Today, we're going to be discussing a subject that is very difficult for a lot of people because adultery can be devastating in relationships and to individuals. But Christy Neal is here to let us know that there is hope after adultery. Christy, thank you for joining me. I am so encouraged by this because you have shared your own personal journey, your testimony, and you have offered hope and healing to so many who have experienced adultery in various ways. Yes. Tell us about Choose Different Ministries.
1: Sure. Thank you first for having me. Yes. Choose Different Ministries is basically a voice of hope for people that have committed adultery or have been cheated on because it's kind of that silent epidemic, especially among Christians. We don't talk about it, but unfortunately adultery in our society is a lot like cancer. Mm -hmm. Either you yourself have been affected by it, or someone in your circle has been affected by it. But we're not out fundraising for a cure, and it's not okay to talk about it. And so that's what I was called to do, is just be a voice of hope after adultery. There can be redemption. There can be renewal there can be life, and you can like yourself again. You can have joy again. You can love again. Yeah, and so why is this important to you? For me, I, this is my memoir. So I wrote my story. Um, it's called Don't Ever Tell. And basically, about 12 years ago, I had an affair in my first marriage, and it was within the church. And so I lived a double life for roughly three years. And when I was called to come out and tell the truth, I came out and told my church and there was everything but help for me. So I found myself full of shame. I found myself guilty and I found myself shunned by the very church I thought would be able to help me. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, unfortunately for my family, we weren't able to get over over the adultery. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself divorced. I was a single mom. I was now responsible for not only my life, my home, a new career, raising my daughter, but now I had to decide, am I going to give up on my faith? Because my church gave up on me. Yeah. And I remember crying out to God for a woman that had been where I'd been to just come sit with me and look me in the eyes and say, Christy Neal, you're going to be okay. You're a good mama. You're a good woman. You made a human mistake. you know. But instead, I felt very labeled by my sin. Sure. And it was very difficult because everyone loved Christy Neal and how honest Christy Neal was and how fun she was. But then all of a sudden, when I didn't fit that box of what I should be as a Christian mom, a Christian wife, um, then all of a sudden, there was there, no one liked Christy Neal. <laughs> who, who, who is fitting that box? Yes. Who
0: is fitting that box? We all have our shortcomings. Exactly. There is no perfect saint.
1: Yep, exactly. You know?
0: um, to hear you say that you felt compelled to share your situation with your church, did you feel compelled to share it as a group or as, at, to go to leadership? How did that come about?
1: Well, what happened first was I obviously told my husband the man that I was in the affair with told his wife the exact same night. We asked that it not be told to anyone else so we could try to resolve and, and find out where to go from here. Okay. And I will be honest. I mean, I was a hot mess. And I to- remember telling my husband, I don't know that I want to be in this marriage anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I wanted. But sin does that. Sin confuses sure it you. Does. You question who you are. You question how you were raised. You question your beliefs. You question your decision. Did I marry the right person? You you question everything. It's a state of chaos. But instead of, you know, I felt if my church had come and been a support and said, we recognize and hate this sin, but we love you, the sinner. And we're going to separate those things. And here's the process. You know, we want you to follow this for a set amount of time and see if this will take. Sure. And we didn't have that. Okay. And I remember asking if I could come to my Sunday school class and just speak to our small group, and it wasn't allowed. Okay. And I remember having to personally go around to homes and knock on doors and hope that people would talk to me because word got out. Oh, it got out fast and the gossip started happening and all of a sudden I was like a home wrecker and I had been after everyone's husbands and I, and I didn't feel like I was given the opportunity to explain myself. Right, right. And explain right. that my marriage had been hurting for many years. Mm-hmm. Even though it looked perfect on the outside, mm-hmm. like many of us, we put on a good face and dress up nice for church and I'm fine and you're fine. Right. But we had been struggling for years. My husband had severe depression. No one would have known that. So for me he he wasn't able to be there for me emotionally, which yeah. for a woman is the equivalent of physical love for a man. Right. So I think that's the difficulty in adultery. The man that I was in the affair with at my church was surrounded because brother, I've been I understand. We need physical love. You know, and just, I've been there. I was addicted to porn. And people were wanting to have coffee with him and meet with him. So that just fueled my rage even more. Because that happens so often
0: in churches. Um, You have those gender roles and um, those biases. And unfortunately, in situations like yours, the woman is shunned. Mm -hmm. You know, I have heard countless, countless testimonies of Mm -hmm. a woman getting pregnant or um, Mm -hmm. um, in adultery in the church and she was shunned even kicked out of the church often Mm -hmm. and the man was still accepted and comforted and it's it's sad that that is still occurring in our churches but it does occur how did you say okay I am going to release this this rejection from my church and move forward?
1: For me, it was about my personal relationship with God. I found myself on my knees many nights wailing, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when my daughter was at her father's. I had gone from being a stay-at-home mom and always being with my daughter. It still gets me upset to this day, thinking back to that time of trying to get used to life without her and knowing it was my own fault. Mm-hmm. I made those choices. For, f- for me, it started with ownership, owning that these were my choices. No matter what happened, those were consequences of my sin. Mm-hmm. Over time, God helped me see that those people had good hearts and thought they were helping, but they just don't know what to do because there aren't people talking about this. So In my, in my quiet time with God, he called on me to write my story. And when I was crying out for the woman to come sit with me, he said, you are her. And I got so mad. Oh, Lisa, I was just, I remember, I started screaming. I'm I'm a screamer. (laughs) And I just started yelling, no, 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 no. I am a hot mess. I'm divorced. I still see the man sometimes. Because here's the problem. When we reject sinners, guess who's waiting Mm -hmm. with open arms? When we as church reject sinners. They go back to the sin. To the sin. Yes, I could have walked in any bar in downtown Nashville and told any stranger my story and they would have said, oh sister, comforting come, you. come yeah, down, come have back, a drink, yeah. oh, let we'll me buy you a drink. And we've all failed. And I, it just really bothered me. I was like, what kind of broken system do we have here? Yeah, yeah. That all of a sudden, my church family, the people that should be loving me most when I'm broken and when I have the courage to say, I'm a mess. Yeah, you guys help 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 me. Instead, they start telling me how terrible. I know how terrible I am. In fact, I know even more how terrible I am. Right, because you know know all the the dirty details details of everything I've done. You only know the the bottom line. So for me, I really felt like God was calling me to be that voice for women. And it took me a long time to accept. I mean, I was all like Jonah. No, no, you got there. I mean, no. And it was just constant nudging, constant nagging me to write my story. And I'll be honest, the only reason I wrote it was to prove God wrong that no one would read this book. Oh my! I was like, fine, I will write this, I think I said a bad word, bleepity book. And I will prove to you no one is going to listen to a southern woman that committed adultery in her church. And it was a very conservative church. And now she's divorced. And so I wrote the book. And <laughs> surprise, <laughs> you know, I, God was right, and, and now I have this beautiful ministry. This is probably the sixth or seventh Christian television interview that I've done. I mentor women mm-hmm. now. I am the voice I so desperately needed. I sit across from women all the time, and I tell them, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And I tell them, you know what, you're going to be better than okay, because now you're going to have tough skin and a kind heart you're not going to be judgmental anymore, you're going to be able to love people where they're at no matter what they've done, you're going to be a better mom, you're going to be a better wife. I'm the wife now that I always wanted to be, Mm -hmm. and I'm the best ex-wife I know.
0: You know, one (laughs) of the things that really impressed me about you, Christy, is I heard you share your story, but you asked for forgiveness, and you began to minister to women. Who were on the other end of the adultery the the mm-hmm. offense or or it was committed against them mm-hmm. in their marriage and so that really touched my heart mm-hmm. to hear you do that because how often do we hear of women going to the wife and saying i apologize i am so sorry mm-hmm. doesn't happen very often yes and so tell me about
1: that part of your journey.
0: Sure. Sure.
1: I'll never forget, I was in a nail salon, and I write about this in my book. There's a whole chapter dedicated to it. And I was in the process of writing my book, but not finished with it. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't quite yet owned the fact that I was going to be this voice you know, for mm-hmm. women in adultery. So I was at the nail salon getting my nails done, and it was like two nail stations, so four women. Two nail techs, myself and another l- woman. She was probably 15 years or so older than me. And you know how it happens? The women start talking, talking about life, and, and all of a sudden my nail tech says something about the white trash hoe that has stolen her husband. Mm. And then they all, and all of a sudden. Timed in, right? Oh, all of a sudden, I'm in a room with three women that have all been cheated on. And they all start telling their story and they're bashing the women. So what I thought was interesting was there was no ownership on the man's side. It was still these women bashing other women that had stolen their husbands or boyfriends. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I can sit here and be quiet and not say a word, or I can share the other side Mm -hmm. because I knew my heart. I knew the kind of woman I was. I'm far from white trash. I had only been with my husband. We married as virgins. I had done everything that I should have done as a Christian teenager. I had never been drunk, still haven't to this day, never done drugs, walked the straight line. So the one big dark spot on my beautiful canvas of life was my affair. So I remember chiming in and I said, well, I have to say that I have been the other woman. Room goes quiet. I can imagine. Yes. And I said, I have to say that it was a dark time in my life. I was very lost. Satan got me at the exact right time. He's tricky. And I lost my marriage. I told him, you know, just a Reader's Digest. And I turned to the woman that was sitting directly to my left and I looked her in the eyes and I said, You know, I've never got to sit down with. The, the wife of the man that, that I had the affair with, um, but I've always wanted to apologize to her. I had given several invitations to apologize to her. I said, but I can apologize to you, and so I just looked her in the eyes and told her how sorry I was, that there was no justification for my actions, that I was so, so sorry that I had interrupted her marriage, her family. I just acted as if I was the other woman for her Mm -hmm. because she shared the other woman, even though she knew her and was good friends, would not even acknowledge her, would not look at her, would not talk to her. Mm. So it was like there was no acknowledgement of how she had wronged this woman. So Lisa, I'll never forget, In her, she started tearing up, and I could immediately see healing in her eyes. Even though I wasn't the woman, I was still the other woman and it helped me because i got to to apologize to a woman that way so and as much as I, I had always wanted to apologize to the woman that i had done that to it gave me an opportunity so it was like the power of i'm sorry yeah it was it was awesome
0: yeah healing yes yeah when you share your testimony um do you have instances where you're still rejected or the testimony is rejected? Yes. Yeah. How do you handle those circumstances?
1: It it really doesn't bother me anymore because I have, God has given me discernment. Mm-hmm. God has given me so much wisdom. I pray for wisdom every day because it is such a touchy subject and I know that there are tons of people out there that this has happened in their family line for years and years and years, just like it was in mine. It is in my family history. And if if that hurt is not processed, then that can come out and be directed on someone like me Mm -hmm. that has committed that sin. Mm -hmm. So I just have grace with them because as the sinner, I was wanting so desperately for people to love me where I was at so I could heal. Right. So I just give that away constantly. So if there is someone that I get a lot of shock and I get a lot of silence, mm-hmm. if, if I'm in a room, let's say, of Christians and I stand up and talk about my ministry and mention the word adultery, it gets very quiet. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten used to it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just kind of chuckle about it. But I have grace with those people because my ministry is all about teaching others how to choose better, choose different. Learn from me. You know, read my story. It's all of the wisdom that I can offer, and it's perfect for anyone. Someone that's not married yet. Someone that's newly married. Someone that's just divorced and wondering, am I going to you know, learn to love again? Someone that was cheated on and maybe needs a perspective of the cheater. Mm-hmm. And I loved my husband. It wasn't that I didn't love my husband. And that's what I tell my women that I mentor to that have been cheated on. It's not that your husband doesn't love you. Most of the time, unfortunately, it is things from their own family dynamics that are coming up relationally that they didn't deal with, their yeah. family didn't deal with.: Yeah. And there, so, are, there
0: are so many variables to that and yes. so many reasons why a person would choose to have an affair. You know, we live in a sexed culture, mm-hmm. you know we can read the tabloids, we can hear about the stars, we can, you know, hear about our friends having these affairs. And it's like, oh, it's gossip. Mm -hmm. It's, it's interesting. It's a story. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to our house, now we have an issue with it. That's right. You know, and, and something that had bothered me early on uh, with the church was it, it was as if as sinners, we, we did all of these things that was not pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. We get saved. We start going to church regularly, and we forget about our sin, which is not bad. You don't, you don't, you don't dwell on your past sin, your past mistakes. Mm-hmm. But we forget about it to the point where we don't seem to understand what another person is going through. It's and, and we lose a bit of that compassion and that understanding.
1: And empathy.
0: Empathy. Yeah. Empathy. You know, you're you're expected to live a certain life, a holy life, a righteous life, yes and amen. But that's a process. Exactly. That's something that we grow into, we mature into. Exactly. And even with that, we are likely to make mistakes. Yes. And so we have to really be careful of our judgments. Yes, and it hurts me to hear stories like yours, where the church are, are, is supposed to be our safety net. Mm-hmm. You know, God, of course, is 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 our healer, but He has designed us, the group of believers, to be safety yes. for each other. Yeah. And when we need our safety net the most, it's not available to us. Exactly. But, but there are people who still need to go to their leadership or they feel compelled to share their story, go to leadership and share what's going on in their lives. How do you encourage them to do that without being afraid of rejection?
1: Sure, sure. That's a good question. I think every church is so different. Mm-hmm. I found a church that was all about moving forward they were not about my rearview mirror. And that's what I needed. So my main go-to is always God. Mm -hmm. So if God has called you to share something, this is how I ask God, God, I'm clueless. Give me the vision. Show me exactly how I need to walk this out. So if they're being called to tell the truth of whatever they're facing, I would just ask God, for him to give the vision of what that needs to look like because every church is different.
0: Yeah,
1: Every church is different. And and, and I think you you hit it on the head.
0: We have to trust God. If he told us to do it, trust that he'll bring us through it.
1: Yes. Right? Because not every church is going to be supportive of what you say. So I think it's important to remember the church is made up of people and people are imperfect. So you can't get angry at God and turn your back on God when people hurt you. And that's that was right. my biggest, my, my biggest motivator was no one is going to stand in between me and my God in my eternity. Right. There is no hypocrite. There is no church pew full of haters that's going to keep me from going to heaven. And that's on me if I let those people come between me and God. That's mm-hmm. still on you. So I meet people all the time. My own father was this way. I am never stepping foot in another church as long as I live. Because of Because of, your of the hypocrites. Okay. And so my thing is we're all hypocrites. Yeah. All yeah, of us are yeah, hypocrites. Yeah. That's the joy. I don't go to the hospital when I'm 100% healthy. So I would say be aware that your church may not welcome you with open arms with whatever the truth is, but know that that's only going to strengthen your relationship mm-hmm. with God, which is who you should be relying on anyway. So yeah. now it's all about my, I mean, every day I'm like, okay, God, who can I bless today? Yeah. Who can I help today? And that keeps me from focusing on, oh, woe is me. I didn't get to have more children. Yeah. Oh, woe is me. You know, I'm the woman that committed adultery. I, you know, I'm all about owning my choices. Sure. But then old things have passed away. Behold, all
0: things have been made new. Yes. <laughs> Let's yes. get on with it.
1: Yes. Yeah, and beauty for yeah, ashes. Yeah. I mean, God has truly given me double for my trouble. And he's allowed me, this is what's so cool, is to be that voice I so desperately needed. So now I'm ministering to women and being the voice that I needed. And right now I'm working on, it's a workbook that will go along with my story. So it's going to be called the 90 day 911. So for me, like after you read this, if I'm the reader and I'm in the situation that I was in 12 years ago, I'm like, okay, what's next? So this, it's going to be a workbook that walks you through 90 days, a 90-day process to rebuild security. Mm-hmm. So process breeds security. Sin breeds insecurity. Insecurity, yeah. So when you're wrapped up in sin, no matter what your addiction, whether it be sexual, drugs, alcohol, you're in a state of chaos. You're questioning if you really even want to be, do I really want to be that Christian wife anymore? Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited about it. And it's going to be set up where whoever's willing, church leaders, counselors can take the leadership workshop and teach the 90 day 911 process.
0: Yeah, I, I love God because he forgives us. He heals us and empowers us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nothing is useless for him. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that we go through, if we allow him to use it for his glory. He Mm -hmm. will. That's true. But he is such a redeeming God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I want the audience to hear. Mm -hmm. There is redemption after our mistakes. Yes, Christy, as we are finishing up, what would you say to
1: our audience? I would say there is no place in life that's so ugly, so messy, so low, that you can't turn back to God and that he can't take that, the worst moments of your life and turn it into something good for you to bless other people. Yeah. But it's all about knowing how can I use what I've been through to bless other people. Sure. So instead of saying, oh my goodness, I'm the victim of this, maybe it's something you haven't even chosen. You can still choose to be a victor and you can give your wisdom from your own journey and keep other people from experiencing the suffering that you've experienced yourself. Absolutely.
0: Mm -hmm. Christy, how did forgiveness play a part in in this
1: journey? Oh my goodness. That was huge for me because I had to forgive the church. I had to forgive my ex-husband, my first husband for not being there for me. I had to forgive myself. That was the hardest. But I would say my relationship with God was number one then forgiving myself was number 2 mm-hmm. and that's a daily choice that is it's oh, a daily choice girl
0: you said something right there mm-hmm. because shame and condemnation mm-hmm. will bully us after we have made mistakes especially if we have received rejection from outsiders after the mistake yes so not only were you feeling condemned and shame yourself because of the rejection you felt from the outsiders you know that magnified your mistake and so the enemy will have a field day with that. That's right.
1: And I have a saying fight for your family, don't fight with your family. Oh that's good. Fight for your family.
0: Well Christy, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you were blessed by this. Mm-hmm. Chrissy, where can they get more information about sure, your ministry? Sure. You can go to
1: my website. Mm-hmm. So that's choosedifferent.org, and there you'll find links to all my social media. So I am on Facebook. So Facebook at Choose Different Ministries. And I do a weekly video. It's called Transparent Tuesdays. It's just little wisdom nuggets for, for living life better and choosing different.
0: Thank you again for joining us on Power Fuel Living. Stay tuned next week for another great episode. Powerful living. you Living.
1: Finding a purpose to fulfill. To feel your life Living out your passions with a few